Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at pinewoodboulder.com. Enjoy the message. God, thank you so much for this time, for the space where we can come together and worship you, God. Thankful for this space, thankful that every single week we come here, you meet us here, uh, you speak to us. Uh, God, you, you convict us, you encourage our hearts. Uh, and Father, I, I just believe that today is no different. I believe that you're already here. Uh, I know I've already felt encouraged uh, and inspired, feel you speaking to me, Father. And I just ask that, um, Father, you meet us in this place, Father, that you would uh, use me, use the word tonight to be able to communicate what you want communicated, Father, and that your spirit uh, would be the teacher. Uh, God, we know from your, your word that where your spirit is present, life change happens. And so we thank you that you're here, Father, and for uh, loving us so much uh, and for changing our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. All right, so we're going to be talking tonight, continuing on in our Make Room series. And tonight we're going to be focusing on family specifically children. And so you may be thinking, man, the one Sunday that I show up to Pinewood Church, they're talking about kids. This is good. Let's talk about that. I believe that the word we're going to be looking at tonight can impact every single person here. And here's why. Let's just say you're single, ready to mingle. Can I say that? As in like sit across the table from somebody and have a conversation mingle, have a conversation. Uh, Maybe that's you here today and you're thinking, you know, one day I'd like to have, you know, a significant other. Maybe one day I'd like to have a spouse even. And then even maybe if if that's you, you're thinking, and you know, maybe kids in like 10, 15, 20 years, you know, I don't know what your trajectory is. It's fine. But if we're talking about kids, if we're talking about how to train up kids in the Lord and in Christ. And to lay a foundation for your kids, guess when the best time to do that is? When you're single and when you're young. Not after you've had kids. It's good. This is good. So I'm glad you're here. You can kind of take it in today. Think about your future. Think about where you are right now. And maybe you're here and you're married and you're on the verge of having kids. We've actually had several have kids recently, uh, which is awesome. We love kids. Obviously, we love kids. We got a bunch of them. But we love it when our our church people have kids. When I find out people are pregnant, I just get really excited. Welcome a new baby into the world. I love babies. I'm a family man. I like a lot of kids. And and so if that's you here today, this is going to be really fresh. Like we're going to be talking about what... What the scriptures have to say about how to instill certain things into your children. So you may be thinking, wow, like this is perfect timing. Like I needed to hear this right now. Because I was actually just trying to process through like what are going to be some foundational things we're going to set in motion with our family and kind of establish just some foundational roots for our family. So it's good that you're here too. And then finally, if you're here and you have kids, I believe that there's no better time to kind of just stand back, reflect, and kind of look at what you're doing as, as a parent towards instilling biblical truth into your kids than today. This isn't a Sunday where we're going to guilt you and say, look at all the things you did wrong, because if that were the case, you know, I wouldn't want y'all doing that to me. I've kind of, 
I've got, I'm not the, you know, I'm not always the best. I haven't had the prettiest of moments this week with my kids, which oddly enough, you know, talking about family, talking about some things that instill in our children. And there's many times this week where I looked at Jess and I was just like, why this week do I feel like the worst father in the world? What am I, what is wrong with me? So there's no judgment, but I do believe that it is critical that we look at God's word in every area of our lives and we say, what is God wanting to teach us in that area of our life? So we're going to do a little bit of reflection today. A passage of scripture we're going to be looking at is in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, you can pull out your phone. And there's an app called YouVersion. It's free. It's got every type of scripture, every translation of scripture you can possibly imagine on it. You can download that right now. And I'll just assume that's what you're doing during the service. You're taking notes on your phone. You're looking at different translations. You're studying the Greek. I'll just... I trust, I trust you on that. I got a lot of faith in you guys. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. And we're going to be looking at the CSB translation of Scripture. This is what it says. Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. See where we're going with this? Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. This is a really, really, really important text in Scripture. It's very significant. You know the saying, uh, if you're in business or whatever the case may be, field you're in, keep the main thing, the main thing. I believe that's what Moses is doing here. When he's writing to the Israelites, he's saying, hey, hey, I want to focus you on the main thing, the main thing. Let's look at that. In all of the scriptures, we have 613 commands in scriptures. And we see that out of all of those commands, they all culminate They all are summed up. They all depend on this command. So, this command is a pretty big deal. We even see it later on in Jesus' ministry. We see, uh, you know, the Pharisees were kind of mad that Jesus said something to, uh, that he kind of like stumped them. And the Pharisees were like, hey, by the way, like, we're going to get Jesus this time. We're going to stump him in front of everybody. And they say, Jesus... Which one of the commands of the law is the greatest? And without hesitation, Jesus already knows where to go. He quotes back to this text that we just read and another, he couples it with another found in Leviticus. And he says this, he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then listen to this, this is huge. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So here you have in Deuteronomy 6, Moses giving this scripture to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And then fast forward Jesus in his ministry also reinforcing this, saying that this is the most important and this is the greatest command. 
significant. In the Jewish culture, they would, they would say that all scripture is inspired at the same, but that not all scripture carries as much weight. But they would say that this scripture carries the most weight. It's the most significant. And I believe that there's uh, three ways that we can respond to this text. If you're taking notes, I'd like for you to follow along with these uh, three points as we move along. And the first is, that, and found in verses 4 and 5, and that is to respond to the word with our all. Respond to the word with our all. And I want to unpack for just a minute out of the text what I mean by that. In, ver- in the very beginning there, you see it says, listen Israel. Listen, Israel. And I I wrote kind of what my response would be to this first part of the text. And it's, I hear you and I will obey you. I hear you and I will obey you. This word, listen or hear, it's not simply sound waves going into your earlobe. That's what I want you to understand that this, this word listen or hear has an intent on you obeying it. You doing something with the knowledge that you just heard. If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, just yesterday, if, I feel like it was with every single one of our kids for some reason. That's kind of the negative side to being a preacher's kid is I just kind of come up here and I say all of the awful things you did. This. But don't worry, I say it about myself too. It's not just you, it's me. We're in this together. But no, this week was rough. Like, uh, even just yesterday, Corey, for whatever reason, just dumped a ton of water all over the floor. And Je- he went, Jess was like, hey, you need to dry that up. And he goes and gets her nice dish towel. Not paper towels, not a, di- not a dirty towel, her nice dish towel. And he starts, go- he brings it down, he's going to go, and Jess was like, hey, don't drop that on the floor, get paper towels. And he just goes, Now, did he hear what she said? Yeah, she said, did you not hear me? Yes, he heard her. (laughs) But that's it. He he didn't listen to her and apply her sound wisdom in his life. (laughs) But he heard it, but didn't hear it with an intent on doing anything. And in Deuteronomy, we see that even from this text, we see that enforced over and over again. And in Deuteronomy 4.1, we see this concept of listening and doing paired together. Uh, Deuteronomy 5.1, Deuteronomy 6.3, we see all throughout the text surrounding this concept of listen, Israel, listen to what I'm saying with intent on applying what you hear. This text is referred to as the Shema. Anybody speak Hebrew in here? It's referred to as the Shema. It's a Hebrew word which means to hear. Uh, The Shema, in Jewish culture, everybody knows the Shema and can quote it from memory. It's the first words out of a child's mouth when he first learns to speak is this. In Jewish culture, it's the Shema. It's the last words that he would say before he dies. They would say it when they wake up. They say it when they go to bed at night, when they go to sleep, and when they walk around. Because they're applying the Shema, what they hear, to their lives. To them, it's the pinnacle of all Scripture. So the first thing that we see to respond to the word with this listen Israel is God calling us to respond 
with our attention. Listen. You got my attention. You got my focus. And the second in the text that we see, uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, if you're following along in the text. First, we see him wanting to respond to our attention towards him. The second is acknowledging who he is. First is attention. Second is acknowledging who he is. And this is what he says. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And if I were to respond to this, I would say, I acknowledge that you are God alone. Now, depending on the translation that you have, it may be worded a little differently. And it may be kind of confusing depending on the translation that you have. I believe that the emphasis on this text as we look at it is not as much in the word of one as much as it is, could better be translated as it is in some texts, alone. It's not as much trying to emphasize the unity as much as it is the exclusivity. That you are God alone. We see this word acknowledge mentioned many times in scriptures. 1 John 2, 23, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either, but whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And then in Luke 12, 8, And I say to you, anyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. And then my life verse, which, which I love and turn to, I feel like almost daily, is trust in the Lord with all of your heart and to lean on, on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. So I, I feel like I see from this text First, he's calling us to his attention. Listen. Second, the acknowledgement. You are the Lord and you are God alone. That's our response to the word. And then the third and final thing that I see in this text, uh, in this first part anyways, is adoration. I see him calling us a response towards deep love and intimacy and worship. It's found right here when it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And if I were to respond to this, I would say, I love you with all that I am. With all that I am. So we're going to do something, since the theme is getting uncomfortable. We're going to do something that may be a little uncomfortable, but I want to invite you to join me in learning a jingle. My, my, I don't, I don't know if it was just me. Maybe. I think this is probably a lot, a lot of people that grew, kind of grew up in the church. But uh, I learned a lo- most of the scripture memory that I know, I know in a jingle. And so when, even when I recite it, it's hard for me not to go there. Like even as I read this text just now, I was just like, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. But that's not the jingle we're going to learn. That's not the jingle. This is the jingle. All right, you ready for this? I'm going to sing it, and it's going to be rough. Deal with it. <laughs> we can't all sing like, you know, Carson and Keegan and Joel and these guys. But we're going to sing this. I'm going to sing it once. We're going to kind of fumble sing it together, and then we're all going to come in really strong on the third stanza. <laughs> you ready? You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. You got it? Pretty simple jingle, right? 
All right, let's try it. Let's try it a little bit together. Give it up. It's fine. All y'all are learning this for the first time. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. One more time. This is the last time. If we had a beatboxer up here, we'd put a little beat to it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's try one more time. This is the last time. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Good job, guys. Way to, way to go. Way to give it up. I learned that song as, I was probably four years old, probably five years old. And to be completely honest, I don't know that I've actually thought about it since then. But it's amazing how when, when you're a child, it's amazing how certain scripture can just get plugged away back in your head and you can bring it up later. We're kind of come back to that. We're going to come back to that. But one of my routines with my kids specifically is bedtime. It's, it's one of my favorite things that we do as a family is we try to be really, really intentional around bedtime. So if you've ever texted me or tried to call me any, anywhere between 7.30 or 9.30, it's, prob- it's probably a no-go because that's my kids' time. And that's a time where we really want to lean in and, and disciple them. And, and ever, as far back as I can remember, and we made this decision before they were even born, we, I wanted my kids to lean heavy on a relationship with God, not on rules. Relationship, not rules. Love, not law. You see where I'm going here? Belief in God, not behavior. I wanted to focus my attention 100% on, man, if there's anything in this world that I want more for you in in this life, it's a love relationship with God. And so every night I'd sit down with my kids, we'd sit down with our kids, I usually end up with the boys. She usually ends up with the girls. And I just say, you know what? You know what I want for your life more than anything else? And at this point, they kind of already know. I want you to love God with your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, with all your might, all your mind. That's my prayer for you. And I pray that over them. I speak that over them. We memorize this scripture together over them. Because it is critical. We sing this song, take this jingle together. Because I believe there's nothing more important than we can lean into our families and to say, hey, I don't care what you do with your life. I really don't. Like, man, you want to be a fireman? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what our kids' dreams and visions are. I don't know what they'll be one day or a programmer or a photographer or whatever. That's great. But what I want for your future is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Everything else. It's not, it's, it's way down the line for me. So, respond to scriptures. God is calling us to respond to the word. And we see that in that first part. Through our, through our attention, through adoration, and through the acknowledgement of who he is. Second, we see that uh, we should be receiving the word in our hearts. Respond 
to the word with our all, and then we should be receiving the word in our hearts. Verses 6, it says, these words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. I noticed some key words in there, giving. What do you do when somebody gives you something? You get a choice. You get to either deny it and say, "Eh, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, strength, mind. I deny that. Or you get to receive it. And it's my hope and my prayer that maybe it's the first time you're hearing this concept of relationship tonight. It'd be my hope and my prayer for you that you would receive that word today. You may have come in here thinking, it's church, it's religious, they're going to tell me what to do, what not to do. And that's not, that's not what we're saying here. That's not what we're about. We much more, which is our mission statement, want to meet you where you are and point you to Jesus and say, man, walk with Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Have a relationship with God. God's the one that does the convicting, the directing, the comforting. But he said he wants to put it in your heart. Receive it in your heart. Not only is he talking about giving you something, but he wants to give it to you in the center of who you are. Where does he say to put it? Your heart. Which in the context is where? It's the center of of your emotions. It's, it's the center of your affections. Not only that, it's kind of the center of our life. You know, what, what happens when they pronounce someone dead? What do they check? A heart. It's the center of your life. And I, I love this passage of Scripture that speaks to that. It says in Proverbs 4.23, Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Source of life. Also in Psalms 119, 10 through 11, it says, With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wonder from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. He's saying this word that I want to give you, I want you to put in the center of who you are. The very seat of your emotions, the very seat of your decisions, the very heartbeat of who you are, your affections. I want that's where you to plant this word. In the uh, Jewish tradition, uh, in the Jewish ear, this word heart and mind are the same word. When you hear the word heart, it's, in, in their mind, it's, it's the same thing. And basically what it means is it's that it's the totality of who you are. It's everything. And it starts in the center. And I I wrote this down as I was kind of processing this. I said that truth must be in you before it can be taught to others. And I think that's why it's so beautiful that this is how he sets the stage for where we're about to go. Truth must be in you before it can come out to others. And he's about to transition now in saying like, hey, this is to be in your heart. This is to be who you are. Now, the last point, repeat the word to our children. Receive the word, respond to the word with our all, receive the word into our heart. And then the final thing is to repeat the word to our children. I love that he says that that word repeat. And in other translations, you'll see us say to teach this uh, diligently to your children. I believe that as parents, our number one responsibility in life is our home. It's our family. It's our spouse. It's our kids. 
But what happens, and I just think it's interesting, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to lean into this text tonight, and in the conversation of making room, what happens as fathers and what happens as mothers in our weeks? Do we see our family and our children as our number one priority, or do we say they're in our number one priority with our action, or with our words, but with our actions, they're more like number four or number five? Too busy with work, too busy with our hobbies, too distracted on our phones. And our kids just take a backseat after backseat after backseat. I believe they're your number one priority. I believe that when Jesus was calling us to go to the nations with the gospel and to make disciples, I believe that plan A was your family. Then there's more after that, of course. But it starts with your family. And it starts in your home. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, I don't have kids yet. Well, think about your own life. Was that your story where your parents repeated the words of God over your life over and over and over again? And the truth of the word and, and made priority, making disciples of, your, of you? And that's why I think this applies to everybody because I feel like this is a good time of self-reflection to look back and just say, man, that's not my story. My parents didn't do that for me. And so now you get the opportunity now to say, but I'm changing that. Yeah, I'm going to start by the time, before they can even speak, I'm going to breathe the word of God over their lives. I'm going to pray over my kids even now, I remember before I even met my wife, I was praying for my kids. I said, man, I can't wait to have kids. Like I said, I told you, I'm a family man. I love kids. I was praying for my kids. I'm like, man, one day I'm going to have a boy. I'm going to have a girl. They're going to be evangelists. They're going to share the gospel all around the world. I can't wait. You get that opportunity now to s- establish that in your life. Repeat the word to your children. I, this is very practical. Um, and very simple, but repeat the word to your children in prayer. Uh, one of the practical things that we love to do as a family is pray scripture over our children. Another is during life decisions. Anytime that we come, in which this has kind of happened recently for us, come across a challenge where our kids are making decisions, good or bad, we get the opportunity to lean in and to give them scripture to come back to a relationship with God. Man, I know you want to live for God. I know you want to love God. Let's talk about these decisions. We get to speak scripture over their situations, over their lives, over their situations. And then finally, through songs, scripture jingles, worship songs. Man, you can just feel the atmosphere in a room change and in your home when you put on worship music. You just feel a little uplifted. You're just like, man, the space just got a little different. The problems that I had just feel a little lighter. And when you sing those jingles and, and speak that, I was actually uh, this morning, as I was thinking about my kids, speaking of scripture jingles, um, I, I started recounting this one jingle for my kid in my head that, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And it's something that my son is going through of just dealing with some challenges with uh, some of the people that he's walking within his school and some decisions that he's having to make. And I was just thinking, man, like, I just want to speak that, over, that scripture over my kid's life and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work 
They're never too young. Don't think they're too young. All these songs I learned when I was four and five years old. And it stuck with me. Your kids are never too young. Don't say they're too young. Speak it over their life before they can even speak for themselves. Uh, teach the word to your children. Every day offers natural opportunities to teach and disciple your, ch- your children. Every single day. And he outlines some of that here. When you sit down in your house, this is what the scripture says, Deuteronomy 6. When you sit down in your house, what are moments where you sit down in your house? Meal times, Dinner? Idle time. Uh, last night we, we sat down and we're reading through this book called Sammy, the shepherd or something. But these reading times that you have with kids when you sit down, these are a natural opportunity to repeat this to your children. When you sit down, when you walk around the road, maybe walking around the road, it looks like drive time. Driving your kids to school, great opportunities to speak God's word over your children. When you lie down, this is what I was talking about earlier, this is that bedtime moment. Such a precious moment, such a vulnerable time for your kids, that bedtime moment where they just kind of tell you about their life. And then when you get up, getting ready for school, driving to school or making breakfast, you get that opportunity every day to speak truth and grace over your kids' lives. Every day offers natural opportunities to teach and disciple your children. The question isn't, are those opportunities there? The question is, are we taking advantage of the opportunities that are given to us? And I'm not here to say that it's super easy because sometimes I wake up in the morning and I don't want to look at my kids. Nevertheless, talk to them and be like, hey, let me just, let's pray together. I'm like, dude, if you touch me one more time, I break your arm. Don't mess with me. I'm not going to say which one, but I mean, it's it's one in particular. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I mean, I get that it's not easy. Or when you're going on a drive somewhere, that's for us a lot of times the time where we like to, man, they're in the back seat, put on some music, kind of take a breather for a second. But man, I just, want, I just want to encourage you today as a father, as a mother, carve out intentional moments with your kids and discipline yourself to do them even when you may not be feeling it. Repeat them to your children. Teach them diligently, daily. Moving right, moving right along. There's a uh, last thing that I want to share is the importance of repetition. The importance of repetition, this key word, repeat. If, you're, uh, if you've ever been a teacher of any kind or, or ever, ever had to memorize anything, you know that repetition is the best teacher. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Even this jingle that we just did, coming back to it. How many of you think, this is an actual question, how many of you think you could sing that jingle by yourself right now. Anybody? Okay. Because we repeated it three times. Have we repeated it another time, another time, another time? Boom. You'd be walking out of here singing. You'd just be humming it in your head. I I got a job at a UPS and it was an awesome job. It was a great job. I was the unloader. I was on one of the largest hubs on the East Coast. I think we had, oh man, how many bays? It's like 120 bays or something like that. It was a gigantic hub. And I would show up, I'd work third shift, and I would show up and I'd go in a trailer and I would unload thousands of packages in a five and a half hour shift. 
Some weighing as much as 150 pounds, others just these tiny little annoying little boxes of bolts. You may be thinking, man, that sounds miserable. I thought so too. So I, 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 looked at, I looked in the sword aisle and I saw all these guys with headphones on, sorting boxes, having fun, whistling, eating snacks. And meanwhile, I'm in this like freezing cold trailer, like unloading boxes, just like so mad at the sorters that are on like the upper edge. Almost look like they're on their throne, like looking down at us peons. And I'm like, I hate that guy. And, and so it wasn't long that I, I was in the trailer. You know, in the summer, it's like blistering hot, winter, it's freezing cold. That it wasn't long before I realized that I could be that guy. And not only could I be that guy, but if, if I was that guy, I got a, a, I think it was a dollar fifty raise, something like that, immediately, right out of the gate. Boom. So now I hated them even more. Not only do they got the more cush life, they're making more than me. Well, I'm in here doing the dirty work. So I, I, I learned what it took to become, to get on that sword aisle. I had to memorize pretty much every zip code in the country. Not just every zip code. There were dozens and dozens of exemptions. So behind the sorters, there were 18 different belts, two different levels, with another one on top. And, not, and everyone was color-coded. And so I not only did I have to memorize every zip code, but every zip code was color-coded, and I had to memorize the colors, but then there were exemptions. So not every New Hampshire went in top blue left. 14706 goes in red bottom right. I'm like, oh gosh. So what would I do? I would go there after work for about an hour, sometimes, if I had it in me, two hours every single night memorizing this, memorizing. And the ones I didn't know, I'd write down. The ones I didn't know, I'd write down. Until... I took the sort test, and you had to get, this is insane, like 98% or something like that correct. I mean, it was almost, you had to get it almost perfect, right. And there were hundreds of them. But I, I passed, and I felt really good. I got in the sort aisle. I started sorting with people, and even though I had it in my head, putting it to practice was not as easy as I thought. So I get up there, and the boxes are coming to me, and it's like, immediate extreme anxiety. You're like, one, four, seven, three, seven, red, blue, 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 blue. And then it's like, but then all, boom, I'm already backed up. There's already 50 boxes there. And I'm like, seven, three. finally, I'm just like, blue, 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 blue. Okay. Oh. Okay. One, four, seven. <laughs> this was my life for a while until I got a little bit more comfortable with it. You know, the longer that I did it, the more that I would memorize the zip codes and I, I would shadow somebody for a minute. But then a few weeks passed and uh, I got to where I could do it by myself, pretty chill. You know, I look at the packages, I could sort them behind my back. I was, I was getting good with it, kind of kick it. But, and then it got to the point to where I knew the zip code so well, and I got so comfortable with it, that I could help somebody else. I'd do mine, I'd get comfortable with it, I'd come over here. Hey, how's it going? Talking to the guy beside me, sorting your stuff with you. Come back to my stack. But I had to, I had to put in the discipline, I had to memorize it. And then as I memorized it and as I listened intently to what they were, I had to apply it in my life so that when circumstances came my way, see where I'm going here? When life came at me, sometimes in the form of little annoying 40-pound little box of nuts and bolts that you go to put over your head and just shatter all over your feet. But when it would come at me, I would know how to handle it, know what to do with it. I could live in confidence and what I'm going. See, I, it took time, but it was laying a foundation so that I could be an effective sorter. And I believe what God is saying here in his word is, repeat it to your children 
daily. Get it in their hearts. Get it in their minds. Love the Lord your God with everything that you are, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, your strength. Everything that you could possibly do to please the Lord all encompasses in this. It all depends on this. So I'm a sorter. I'm in there, and the box of temptation comes my way. I hit the button because there's a button that stops the belt, you know. You never hit the button. But in this case, I hit the button. I hit the button. I stopped the belt. I pick up that box and I say, I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my body. Temptation, devil, take your box back. And I know how to handle that situation because I have an established God's word in my life because it's been spoke over me. I've, I've received it into my heart and I've responded with my all. And so that's my encouragement for you here today, especially to you parents, is now is the best time to start instilling the truth, just to say, you know what? We're in this together. We're going to grow together. We're going to see what it looks like together to love God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our souls. I'm going to be intentional to lay that foundation. And this is what's so beautiful about that if you're a parent. As you're doing that for your kids, you're doing it for their kids. And their kids. And their kids. The scripture says to train up a child in the way that they will go and they will not. And later on when they grow old, they will not depart from it. So what has been spoken of, what has been laid over in my life now is being passed on through generation to generation to generation. How special is that? How important is that? What a great opportunity that we have. If you're here today and it was your first time maybe hearing this message or hearing about what a relationship with God, what is that? I just want to just let you know right now that what we believe here at Pinewood Church is that We are all sinners. Scripture said, for all have sinned and they fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all disobeyed God's commands. We've all turned our back on God. And that separates a relationship with him. But what we believe here at Pinewood, it's actually our number one value when we say that Jesus is our message, our life. What we mean by that is that Jesus, God, came down from heaven, took on flesh, took on skin, became a human being so that he could live a perfect life, a life that you and I could never live, that he could go to the cross, that he could die, taking our penalty of death. Scripture speaks that our sin that separates us of God ultimately leads to death. But God said, I love you so much that I'm going to send my son to live the perfect life, to die the death that we could never live or die. But to be raised from the dead, defeating death and defeating sin, so that in him, through Jesus, through his name, through his blood, we can have freedom, we can have hope, and we can have salvation. And I want to invite you today, if, if, that's, if you've heard that for the first time, salvation is this opportunity for us to have a right relationship with the Father. I like to imagine it that if I'm on one side, God's on the other. Jesus, the cross is that bridge that allows me to have that right relationship with the Father. And if you're here today and that's the first time you heard that, I want to invite you today to put your trust in Jesus Christ. Scripture says that faith 
believing in Him, believing that He says who He is, acknowledging who He is, and repentance, turning from your sins and walking now towards holiness in Christ, that if you do have faith and repentance, and you believe that Jesus is who He says He is, then you will be saved. Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at pinewoodboulder.com.